Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, the man who didn't listen to a word I said about being a babyface, the new, undisputed, for the first time ever. I got the belt. If he was here, I'd hand it to him, so I'm just going to like act like I am, handing it across the camera. Undisputed, it's an amazing picks champion, Lavender Gooms himself. Everybody who's won a championship put sunglasses on. Don't what? have any sunglasses and no one would be able to yeah, see well, it. Really it ma- really don't matter because y'all ain't champ. All right. That is number champ one three times. right here. Three I will. Of- Three of them. He's I can, got. I he's never got two. Ha- I, hey, hey, hey! Can you let me fucking cook? Hey, <laughs> hey, Bobby! Respectfully, shut the fuck up. All right, your champion is talking. You doing way too much fucking yapping. All right, I am the big C, motherfucker. All right, all right. So what you need to do, host, host, what you need to do, with all due respect, no respect, just fucking bow down and kiss my brown ass all right the bridesmaid no more all right i'm in the white gown and i'm getting fucked with my garters tonight okay i would like to apologize to, i would like to apologize to any cancer patients who mike uh, just co-opted the word the big c which is what that means up until about two minutes ago <laughs> mike I, put the definition of the word <laughs> i did not know that. So I do apologize <laughs> to any cancer patients out there. Um, this is a public address announcement. I did not know that. So um, again, fuck you, Bobby. You really killed my goddamn my, steam. Here, literally, okay? we spent two years being a heel for you to be a heel immediately. What is the championship just Gollum's ring? Is that what it is? It just <laughs> corrupts everybody. <laughs> hey, man. Look, I spent a whole year just being very subdued. Two years. Being very, no, 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 no. Because the other two years, I thought I had it. All right. This year was like, no, I'm taking a different approach. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any emotional picks. None of those stupid, oh, Nate Diaz is fighting. Oh, luckily, Nate Diaz hey, is I not th- fighting this year. Real but, talk. Hey, hey, again. No, but real talk. Again, yo, your champion is talking. Give me no. I mean, sec. like you, we all, you yet. picked much higher. Like we all picked this year was real competitive. I think overall percentage wise, we all did. Like you beat us easily by six, but the per overall percentage win right was quite good this year. We were like in seventy, maybe almost. You, you are you are correct though. We all actually did um, very well. So mm-hmm. all in all, um, I thought it was a very good year for us pick wise. But let's not no. Let us belabor the point. As good as we all did this year, I did much, much better <laughs> than the rest of you chumps. All right? Chalk can go eat a dick. Mark, respectfully, go eat a kielbasa. Bobby, 
go <laughs> lick my booty. All right. This All man wanted this, folks. Bow down <laughs> to the motherfucking king. Well and with done, buddy. that said, with that said, a happy World Arabic Language Day to you all, December 18th. Mm. Oh, I can't, say, I can't say anything now. I'm going to offend a whole new group of people. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Go ahead. <laughs> happy National Twin Day. You would think that would be like on the 11th of a month. You know? Wouldn't that just make sense? Why? Because like the double... Like yeah, number exactly. or the twenty second. The two numbers. Look I was gonna like say or twenty second yeah, or, or the twenty second. All right, that's mm -hmm. that's true as well. And also, as always, a happy International Migrants Day, and also happy answer the telephone like Buddy the Elf Day. Wouldn't it also? That's very nice. Wouldn't it also be like Gemini? Isn't that a thing about twins? You think June would be another time you were gonna do that, right? Isn't Gemini yeah. mean twins yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah, or maybe because the whole month is like a national twin day. They're like, oh, we got to spread the love. Yeah. Oh, and also just one for, for Mark. Um, I mm. asked him before the podcast what yesterday was the 30th anniversary of. And do you have any guesses? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't recall anyone celebrating a 30th anniversary yesterday. So well, let's call it a birthday me. more like it. OK, it was 30 years, December 17th, 1993 that Mega Man X was released. Oh, okay. Sure. I think that's mostly for you, Mike. That is definitely mostly do you, for Do you me. still have the Mega I, Man helmet we bought you like 10 years ago? Is that somewhere? It is a very treasured gift of mine. It is still having a prominent placement here in my apartment. Well, actually, me and my girlfriend's apartment now. Um, and I actually went over to, to our buddy Phil's place um, after I stopped by my parents and picked up my copy of Mega Man X so I could play it yesterday. Ah, oh, very nice. In celebration. Nice. Yes. We got a new champ, folks. And let me tell you, the man wanted it and he got it. And I'll be honest, most of the fun of the picks contest was Mike and I, was me busting Mike's balls. So we need new motivation this year. And, and, <laughs> and to be honest, I was stressing pretty much all year. Like, I really wanted to win this shit. Um, and I had to. I pretty never let it be known from these guys to these guys. Like, no, no, this doesn't bother me. No, we knew the whole. What do you mean? We, I, Mike, I know you. We've been friends for a long time. I was, I was cool as a cucumber. Let me tell you. I think time. the one that bothered you more than the one where you lost with Amanda Nunes beating Cyborg was the one where you picked the white police officer twenty pounds lighter than Derek Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one you kind of had to make a move too, though. You kind of I had, had to, that one. Yeah. You had no choice in that one. That one it, where I was just the, like. This is not gonna go well for him. <laughs> it, it's still rough that two years in a row, um, I lost the championship by one. Dude, win. you wouldn't. We that's, had, that's the. Problem. We had a friend visit. I had a friend visiting me here in California who lives. I mean, he's in the same. I mean, it wouldn't be that convenient for Mike to go get him. It's about a forty-minute ride, right? I think to go get it if you went to get it from his apartment, probably some of like that. Probably forty minutes each way. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been super convenient, but I was just like, he's here. Mike's already won it. Like Mike was up six on me, I think five on Mark, and we only picked. Well, it turned out being six fights, and we didn't disagree on any of them except for the one where it got canceled. Shout out pneumonia. Um, so I was just like, I could just give this like to him now, and he could just Mike could see him and give it to him. But like, I'm like Mike's like, nah, I don't want to mess with the <laughs> the math Cannot didn't matter the, the, there, Bobby. Yeah. So anyway. All right, fun aside here. Let's get into it. The last UFC card of the year. Um, an exhausting fight week, even for someone who has the names Colby and Covington blocked on all social media. Um, 
so I I kind of had heard about this press conference, which was already going to be a ticket to the hottest ticket in town because we assumed everybody was just going to bully Ian Gary. We were all going to celebrate the bullying of an Englishman, um, which is interesting. But instead, we had uh, Colby Covington saying new reprehensible stuff where he attacked a man's dead father um, poorly in that you could tell the man to practice this line in the mirror, Mark, I don't know, a few dozen times and still couldn't get it out. Mm-hmm. Seventh level of yeah. hair and all. Seventh level of hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just what, it depends on what level of fade you're getting to get to the seventh level of the hair. <laughs> depends what number you're going with. Okay. Um, really just a scumbag, bad person. We're really celebrating horrible people in this sport. Um, so uh, that happened. And then the next day, Drickus, not content with being considered a racist in his previous exchange with Israel Adesanya, decided to take a new approach by and I, somehow turning Sean Strickland into a sympathetic figure. Which is an achievement in itself, Mike. I'm just putting that out there. That's an achievement in himself. But when you're saying a man who has admittedly been abused growing up by his father, saying that comparing what you're going to do in it with him into a cage fight to what to what happened to him as a child, A plus scumbaggery right there. Um, really a week where you wonder why do I watch this? Um, and then we had the fight card itself, and let me tell you. Really enjoyed the main event. I enjoyed the main event the longer it went on. I especially enjoyed the main event when that stupid fucking crowd got to enjoy Colby getting a takedown in the third round. And let me tell you, this you can ask my girlfriend. This is what I said. I said, oh, Leon's getting up right now. And Leon got up in less than, I'm going to go seven seconds and kicked him in the head and then took him down about a minute later. The whole... All the air escaping that room. And then the silence that preceded the next 12 minutes of the fight. Maybe my favorite thing to ever happen. Um, I don't know who this group of people is that see Colby Covington say... Because Dana White's like, oh, the fi- the pre-fight sales went up by like a ton when Col- after the press conference. Which, who's paying for a UFC pay-per-view in advance? Let me start with that, okay? We've all watched this sport enough to know. I wouldn't pay for anything until the thing the fucker starts, right? Because people have pulled out at any moment, right, Mark? Like, what are we talking about? Who's pre-buying sure, pay-per-views, yeah. okay? Two, what is the impact? What is the, Mike, you explain it to me. Maybe you understand it. That you see that happen. And you know that Colby style, while I enjoy watching, you know, all forms of MMA, Colby does not have the most fan-friendly or viewership-friendly style. Leon, admittedly, and I love, I'm a big Leon Edwards fan. Anybody listening to this podcast knows that. Leon ain't finishing anybody short of 20 minutes into a fight, okay? I don't know what people thought was going to now, like, what was now I have to buy this? Do you understand that? Like, I heard this man say reprehensible shit. Oh, my God, I got to pay for this pay-per-view. Do you get it? Because I don't. You're muted, by the way. Just realized I was. I muted. thought you're taking like a really uh, deep, like you're putting a lot of thought into it, and I'm like, wait, no, his mouth is moving now. <laughs> well, I did take a pregnant pause, and then when I started speaking, I realized none of you were reacting. But in a way, I do. In that, as reprehensible as what Kobe said was, I mean, there might be some people that think, "Ooh, this is a spicy fight. Let me wear this now." Um, 
So in that aspect, I, I guess I, I get it. Um, the old adage of any publicity is good publicity. Um, and I think that's something that might draw in someone who just wants to watch something on a Saturday night. And maybe they're thinking with their buddies, hey, what do you think about getting this fight? Oh, who's fighting? I don't know, but this one dude said that he was gonna send his uh send send him to meet his dad in hell. That's some pretty fucked up shit. Let's yeah. watch it. Worth mentioning, I didn't believe a word about this selling more because of the press conference. I have also know for a fact, everybody does, that Colby has never sold a fucking dime. Okay, on pay-per-view. Not a nickel. Okay. Him and Kamaru died twice on pay-per-view. Two times on pay-per-view. Died. Um Yeah. Um I had a friend text me that he was watching with his brother and he said that like, man, I just lost 40 bucks on the co-main event betting on Royville. I'm going to double down on Covington. And I said, uh, don't do that. Do not do that. It's a bad idea. And then he said, well, you know, I picked one American. I'll pick the other American. I'm like, this one's going to lose worse. It's going to be bad. He's not going to, it's going to be terrible. Um, and then I told him, you know what I told him? I said, Hey, if he, if he ends up winning, cause I'm not an idiot. I mean, I'll be honest, a minute into the fight, I'm like, Colby has no chance. But like, um, when I'm just like, hey, man, I've seen Colby win a lot of fights. You know, maybe his style, maybe he gets an early jump on Leon, he puts pressure on him, and then Leon's drowning, you know, that type of thing. I was like, hey, if if Colby Covington wins, just don't text me. I don't, I'm not going to want to talk to you, right? And he goes, does he bother you that much? And I put it in the most simple terms I could, Mike. I said, I watch this because I like this sport, and I like... I do this for just for entertainment. I, I want to enjoy what I'm watching. He makes me not want to not watch when he's on TV. I really don't enjoy any of this sh his shtick. Okay? I don't mind his actual fights, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, Mark's talked about it. I agree with him. Like, it's when he's actually fighting, I don't know what the fuck happened on Saturday. Because he didn't do that for most of the fight. Uh, maybe the front kick the whole time Leon was fainting was enough to keep him away. But when Colby's actually fighting, it's not necessarily like boring the dude's like putting on a pace so like i enjoy that as a person he's garbage he's just a garbage person and it makes me not want to watch the sport and like drick is pulling the same bullshit with sean strickland which i have to then like the crowd fight we'll get into that where somehow sean strickland's the baby face in, in any sort of exchange is something i'm trying to wrap my head around but sean strickland cutting a promo on covington by the way the day after the press conference saying that like you have no reason to attack this man's family. Like, you know, it's his father did whatever. You know, that was, anyway. Um, I have to answer things about this sport and think about things about this sport that I have to, that makes me want to not watch the sport when Covington's on the card, basically. Anyway, let's get into it. Marcus, um, Leon Edwards showed up to defend his title and Colby Covington apparently had no plans on taking that belt from him. Um... Can you explain what the fuck this man was doing? Because for the first two rounds, he was just losing without trying. And then in the third round, he got a takedown. And then it became abundantly clear he had nothing there either. What happened? Yeah, it was kind of interesting because, you know, we've gotten so used to seeing Colby be a very aggressive, put a lot of pressure on, um, you know, overwhelm his opponents with, you know, a myriad of strikes and, and then utilize his wrestling to take him down. And, and that's where he's been this most dominant. So when we were breaking the, down the fight last week, you know, we all kind of thought, you know, Edwards is very slick on his feet. If Colby was to put a lot of pressure, there's going to be counter-strike opportunities for him. And, and it could go very well for him. He could, you know, be able to score a lot of damaging shots and potentially, you know, put this fight away. 
if it would continue in, in that realm. We didn't really get that. You know, like you said, Colby was very more reserved. He seemed a lot more tentative to get in the pocket in exchange. And I think it just was, he realized Leon's a very different looks, like you said, you know, not just by using a lot of different strikes, but switching stances, using a lot of feints. It just kind of kept Colby on the outside, not comfortable getting in the pocket and throwing down. And when you look at the guys that Colby, you know, has been able to utilize that strategy on it has been lesser strikers right you can even look at like a carl uzman who you know is mainly a wrestler first and foremost in that first fight they really got into you know a high volume slugfest because colby felt comfortable exchanging with him didn't feel comfortable with leon edwards he was you know eating kicks on the outside and i think when he was getting in the pocket leon is quick and big and fast enough to be prepared for what potentially could come and colby knew like this guy's not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to be able to throw three or four and I'm going to catch him on the fourth one because he's, you know, not expecting it. Like this dude is, he, he was here to, to, to fight. And I think it just showed a lot of different angles that Colby wasn't comfortable with um, and made him very hesitant. So he started taking a lot of damage. And then, like you said, the most, I think the most shocking thing in this fight was in that third round when Colby was able to have some success, um, you know, not too surprising Edwards getting right back up, you know, punishing him with with a kick to the head, but then taking him down, I think that really kind of took a little bit of the steam and some of the, you know, mental fortitude out of Colby too. Cause it's just like, I'm supposed to be the wrestler. Now I'm getting taken down by the striker. I'm sure kind of, you know, threw him by surprise and then made, you know, some of the rest of the fight a little bit more tentative. Cause now it's like, well, what's he going to do? Only <laughs> me apart. Yeah. But now was he going to shoot on me and take me down again? Like that's kind Dude, of really his, his leg was beat the shit up that lead leg of his the i mean he was going back and forth between what was his lead leg but when he was standing southpaw his right leg was getting murked um one of the highlights for me mike was the end of the fight while while bleeding and very clearly adrenaline wearing off and pain setting in on his legs he said he doesn't have a scratch on him that was pretty funny um and that it was one of the easiest fights ever and then he started cutting a trump campaign speech which uh someone described it well do you know how bad you have to fight to get booed while cutting a Trump campaign speech in the, at a UFC event? That really describes how bad of a night Colby had. And Trump left while he was talking because, you know, Trump don't like losers, you know, except, exactly. him, except, except and, himself. Um, and neither do uh, neither do Trump supporters. And also, I'm pretty sure you missed the TikTok of him saying, I don't have a scratch on me, this and this and yeah. that. And then they cut to him walking in the oh, back. Oh, I see. Yeah, and you sent me that. That was hilarious. His legs are just caked dude, with ice. Dude, Leon beat the shit out of his leg. Leon, I was telling this to Mark earlier, and I know I'm a big Leon Edwards, Mark. And I, uh, honestly, man, he seems like a good guy. I'm just gonna say it. He seems like a good person, and like it's kind of the reason. Like I like don't. I know he's not the most exciting fighter, but he is. You can't make the man is literally making no mistakes. Like we see this, right? Like standing up. He doesn't make mistakes. Like, it kind of reminds me of when people fought GSP, where I'm like, the existence of this fight, as it just goes on, you're losing. As time progresses, you are just losing by the way this man is fighting you. And, like, it seems inevitable. And um, we'll get to it, but him fighting Bilal is not going to go well for Bilal. Just saying that now. Not going to go well. Um, if we can do that if they want, but... Just saying, I thought Leon fought great. I would have liked to be finished him. I would have liked if he didn't take the entire fifth round off. But I thought it was kind of funny 
when Leon's on his back and Colby's trying to do all stuff and Leon's just laying there kind of like, I'm not going to get up in some way that lets you catch a choke. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, come on, man. I'm here. You have the whole round. And uh, Colby, like, afterwards saying he won, really, and he only lost because everybody in the arena hates Donald Trump. I'm like, I'm not sure if you heard the thunderous applause when that fucking criminal walked into the oct- into the arena. Um, let me tell you, um, I didn't pay for this shit. I'm going to continue not to pay for this shit. I'm not going to say anybody else did or didn't pay for this shit. But a friend of mine asked, are we really going to have to pay for this thing? And I said... In my head, I'm like, you see the motherfucker that got trotted out in front of the, that fucking orange criminal? They don't get money from me. So fight was over. I bought, I took some of my $140 in gambling winnings. Shout out Leon Edwards, mostly. And I gave 40 of the dollars to Leon and bought a t-shirt. So I don't know what his paper cue cut was, Mark, but I don't think it was $40. So that's, uh, I'm for sure. I'm well, sure. Probably makes more money off the t-shirt oh, than dude, he would have whatever, so. whatever his margin is on that t-shirt, it's at least 10 bucks. There's no way it's yeah. not 10 bucks. So, um, yeah, that was it. And um, Colby never, Colby didn't show up. Real talk. He should be disappointed by, for himself, multiple reasons, including the loathsome human being he is. But as a professional cage fighter, that was an embarrassing performance. That was a waste of everybody's time. They made us, they announced this fight like they were going to do this like six, seven months ago. You guys remember? And everybody's like, mm-hmm. he has zero wins over anybody Why? in the top yeah. 15. He, He's never beaten, like, his best welterweight win is Rafael Dos Anjos and old Robbie Lawler. Like, I mean, Jorge Masvidal is not even a welterweight, really. Is Rafael Dos Anjos really a welterweight? Like, it was the ghost of Robbie Lawler. And that was three years ago. I don't know what we all came with this. Like, people have this belief on these fighters that, like, they're all just video game characters. You just select your character. But he didn't fight in two years. That didn't go well. And he did not show up. He's never going to get another title shot. Uh, the people who want him to fight Shaftcat are pretty funny, if you ask me. I don't think he should accept that fight. I don't think in any way he should accept the fight with Shaf- Shavkat Rachmanov. I think he should stick I, around. I think the people that want him to fight Shavkat really don't like him. I mean, I'm one of those people. Uh, but uh, he should not accept that fight. Um, he can go ahead and call out Tony Ferguson if he wants. Sure. That seems okay. Let's do that. I don't care. They can do that. Oh, and he has to call out Wonderboy. Um, I don't want that fight to happen. Because uh, we might have missed this part of the press conference is when he started, when he said that, because you guys know Wonderboy's dad is a is a coach. He teaches, you know, karate, right? And, and we know this because our friend also was at that gym. If you guys don't remember, old listeners of the podcast might know we have a friend who trained with Wonderboy. And I guess at the press conference, he was calling, uh, saying Wonderboy's dad was driving a pedophile van picking kids up. That was like a thing he was saying, like, oh, because he has kids, he trains and stuff. And like, I don't want this guy to go affect this man's business legitimately. You know what I mean? I don't want that to happen to Wonderboy's dad. That's fuck, That's what would happen with, with his psychopath fans. So, I mean, did he did he say about his dad or did he say it about him? Because he said, on, he said pedophile it. He basically fan. said it about both of them. Pedophile he said it about yeah, both of them, especially. Well, because, I mean, like, there's literally, like, on the countdown, you see uh, – Wonderboy Thompson drive the bus. Yeah, he called it a pedophile. <laughs> van. He called it a pedophile van. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It wasn't the greatest looking. But he bus, literally but it's is also a, a karate. He's a karate studio. studio. Like, what do you want him to do? That's why you yeah, go to like. But also in that same segment, they talk about like, yeah, he teaches little kids and all the kids love yeah. him, and he's such a nice guy. It's like you're kind of picking. I know, the but you know, like, if he does that, they're gonna he's gonna so he's gonna fucking affect this guy's business. His dad doesn't deserve that, so he shouldn't fight Wonderboy. Shouldn't fight anybody, quite frankly. Go home. But besides the point, um, Marcus. Next for Leon Edwards. A lot of people say Bilal Muhammad. Leon Edwards made me laugh when he said, I had to win 10 straight fights to get a title shot. And Bilal's won, Bilal won five and then got beat up by Leon and then there was an eye poke. 
And then he's won five straight since then. Leon's like, don't think Bilal should skip the line. That made me laugh a little bit. Because uh, everybody really shit on Leon getting a title shot. And Leon's out for fucking, you know, revenge in that regard. I don't think that fight does like is going to be super competitive, if I'm being honest with you. Because I remember the first fight. And Bilal was getting his ass whooped. Um, but he deserves it, right? Like, let's do it. I mean, we might as well, like, have some sort of meritocracy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really understand Leon's, like, dig there. He's the guy's got to win five fights. He's only won that's five in a row. Happened. That's what that's what happened to you. Like, that's, you know he's, say, he's saying like, if that guy says, if I had to win ten fights, he should win ten fights, too. So he's not going to fight anyone until someone else to win ten fights? No, no, he's, saying that, he's saying that Bilal needs to win ten fights. He's only won five. Well, okay, I know, Bobby, but like if his his stipulation is I'll only fight guys that Shaft win 10 Cat fights in a 17. row. <laughs> oh, that's true. Then fight Shaftcat. That's mean, what yeah. I want. As um, someone who's a big Leon fan, I do want Shaftcat. I understand that they want to give Shaftcat one more and Bilal probably deserves this, but them fucking over Bilal seems possible too. So, <laughs> what do you uh, I mean, I mean that's I, I think Bilal being the next person in line makes sense. There's some unfinished business cuz of the eye poke. Um, and, and again, he, in like you said, like Leon was winning that fight, so I don't think he should have any, you know, reservations about you know running that one back. Um, and I, I do think Shabcat does need another one. We'll get into his fight in a little bit, but you know, he hasn't had enough top ten competition to really solidify himself. At oh, the that top. doesn't and I think matter. Mahal's, Come on now, we just saw no, I know, a title I think, shot. I think, I think uh, Muhammad has, so I think that makes the most sense. Or have Muhammad and Shabcat fight. And then Leon, you know, can, can wait out and see whoever wins that fight. I don't really know anyone else at welterweight that's really there. To yeah, kind I'm of looking at the rankings claim. right now. We got one Kamar. What? They got these rankings suck. We should we should honestly stop looking at the UFC rankings and just go to topology the way this is going because they don't go quick either. Yeah, um, Kamar Usman, not a lot of welterweight. Bilal, there you go. Colby, nope. Gilbert, nope. I think Gilbert just lost to uh, Bilal. Is that what happened? I was that the fight? So. I think Bilal beat, beat, Bilal beat him. Um, I'll look at Bilal while we're talking there. Um, Bilal is coming off of a win over Gilbert Burns. Unanimous, five-rounder. Mm-hmm. Wasn't terribly exciting. Um, Shaftcat's number five. Wonderboy's number six. So Shaftcat's already top five. So I don't know yep. who's, who they're going to make him fight in this equation to get a title shot, but he was already five. Um, then Wonderboy, then Sean Brady, then Jeff Neal, then Vicente Luque, then Ian Machado Gary, and we're down the line here. It probably has, it has to be Bilal or Shavkat. I don't know if Shavkat has anybody to fight, though, the way this is looking, unless he's going to fight, he kind of has to fight Colby. If Colby can walk. Mm-hmm. Or Burns, uh, shout out to young Mr. Burns getting out of the way so Sean Strickland could attack another man in the stands. That was, what a young, what a young gentleman. Yeah, uh, why not, huh? Like- he, actually, he actually was pretty uh, gentlemanly about it because he asked the kid, hey, 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 kid, just move move a bit to the left here. Wham! Well, did, did you see the thing where Mrs. Nice Burns, him, what she said? Mrs. Burns was like, I don't really like Sean Strickland's trash talk, but Drickus was asking him to fight right there. And I don't know what he was saying. Well, I mean, we do know that uh, Sean Strickland is uh, bout it, bout it. As people back to used to say about in the back in the day, and if you want to fight right there, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna let Sean Strickland into Canada. I'm just putting that out there, Canada just wouldn't let that piece of shit on the uh, Charlotte Hornets in today for you know Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. So they don't exactly let criminals. Wait, in. The, does does Strickland have a conviction? I don't know. He punched a guy in Australia. Is he getting convicted for that one? 
He's a former neo-Nazi. Well, I feel he has well. a, a... Didn't he have an issue getting his passport or something or visa for Australia? I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see where they go from here. Um, I'd like Leon Edwards to not have to wait nine months to fight, though. And I think him being English and Tom Aspinall being a champion, Mark, and them building a new arena in Manchester that's supposed to hold 25,000 people uh, seems like a good thing to do early summer, if you ask me. I would like mm -hmm. to see, you know, yeah. we send Leon and Bilal. We send Aspinall versus fucking pick a guy. Should be Miosic, but pick a guy. I don't know. I don't know who you want him to beat up. He can beat up Sorrel Gone if you want to. It's whatever you want to do. You know, the French will show up for that. Watch their guy get murked. You know, they all have to, you know, I don't know how far Manchester is from London. But I know Paris to London, you just take the channel. So, um, anyway, co-main event, uh, Alexander Pantoja. Another good guy. Another dude seems like a good guy. Alexander Pantoja knew that Brandon Royville has got takedown defense as good as Mike's. And mine, to be honest. Shouldn't just single out Mike. But uh, I don't know. If, uh, Pantoja. You ain't, seen, you ain't seen my sprawl game. You ain't yeah. seen my sprawl game, son. I was going to look up the stats. I don't think. I think I saw Royville blah, uh, stuff like two. Do you guys do you guys see this fight? Or is it just me? Um, Royville's got to work on that, man. He was getting taken down at will. He got taken down. Let's see. And I'm going to be surprised, I feel, but when I see the actual stats here. See, he got taken down eight times. Eight of 14. I don't remember him missing six. Eight of 14 times. Eight, eight times. Eight of 14 by Alexander Pantoja, who's not exactly, you know, Kale Sanderson. Um, you got you to gotta close that hole in your game, man. And he kept doing this thing where he was like, he'd get taken down. And he was so active on bottom, like flailing almost, it looked like. Just trying to do anything. Landing strikes from bottom and shit like that. Um, that's why he landed 281 strikes and only 110 of them were significant because he was on the bottom just throwing his... It kind of made me think, like, it, might, it was almost detrimental to him, I felt, that it looked busier than it was on bottom, on the ground. But I also am thinking, considering how quickly he got tapped out their first fight, Mark, that maybe he thought he just has to make shit happen or Alexander's going to get a hold of an arm and take it home with him. Like, I don't know. That was was not the greatest showing from uh, Brandon Royville. Um, he's got a big hole to fill there. That's really what I came out of that thinking. Um, and Pantoja f f apologized for if the fight was boring and said, I have to keep this belt. And, you know, spoken like a man who had to be an Uber driver before they gave him a title shot last time, I think. Huh? Don't lose the belt. You need to hold on to that belt and get as much money as humanly possible. You can't really blame the guy, Mark, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, it seemed like he definitely found an avenue for success. And, you know, like you said, when you're on the bottom, you know, you could stall out and, and try to get a stand up, which isn't really, you know, a fan friendly type of, you know, mm -hmm. mentality. And I don't think a lot of fighters really want to think like, oh, I'm just going to stall and hopefully the referee will save me, you know, and I, I don't think Brandon is the type of fighter that wants the referee to have to come save him. He's probably trying to get, he probably was confident in his skills that he'd be able to do something there. But, you know, we've seen Pantoja as a, as a high level grappler. It's very hard to, to you know, trick him into falling. And nobody into can defend this so, fucking belt. Yeah, just. And nobody defends this fucking yeah. belt. It's a hot potato. You know, like somebody defend it. Shit. Um, Big win for him. I think Brandon Moreno's fighting. Uh, what the hell was the dude's name? They just announced Brandon Moreno versus Amir Albazi, number one versus number two. So we might be seeing Brandon Moreno again, uh, or Albazi taking on uh, Pantoja, mm -hmm. which I think that fight might have happened too, to be honest. 
Um, yeah. These dudes just kind of just... It's the flyweight open, man. They all fight each other, and it all rules. Shavkat Rachmanov, my guy, taking on Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, Wonderboy walking out with Tenacious D. Of all the fights for Tenacious D to attend, the one where it's a glorified execution of Wonderboy felt like a bit rough. Um, Shavkat went into this fight with a torn ligament in his foot. Um, did not want to pull out because Kazakh, Kazakhs don't pull out of fights. Um, just slowly, slowly put pre enough pressure on Wonderboy and eventually Wonderboy for the first time in his career. Tapped out. He had only been finished one other time at all. It was a knockout loss to Anthony Pettis. So the number six ranked, ranked uh, Showtime, was it uh, Wonderboy Thompson? Gets tapped out with four seconds left in the second round. I really thought he was going to hang on. Um, Marcus, you catch this one? I didn't see the end. Okay, Mike, you didn't see this one either? Basically, no. I did not, know. Okay. Well, as the very biased uh, Shaftcat supporter, I thought he looked okay. I, um, I think people need to put a little bit more respect on Wonderboy's name when they're like, surprise, Shaftcat didn't hit him with a Hadouken two minutes into the fight and win. Like... Nobody finishes Wonderboy. They just don't. And if you watch the time he did get finished by Anthony Pettis, it was kind of like, I don't want to say a fluke, because that's not the right word, but he kind of just like one hit or quit or pulled it out of his ass, it kind of felt like, Mark, if you remember that fight. So mm -hmm. Wonderboy, man, being the nicest dude in MMA, who doesn't drive a pedophile van, for the love of God, Colby, but, you know, like, Shavkat got a top five, top six win. Um, his previous victory over his previous victory was against Jeff Neal, who I think is number eight right now. Um, mm -hmm. before, I mean, it's more than most people getting title shots these days. He has a win over. He also choked out Neil Magny. Um, and then the other guys less known, Cowboy Oliveira, Michelle Prezeris, and Carlston Harris. All those guys felt the, uh, felt the same thing. Man has got five chokes in six UFC fights. So there's that. If he does not get a title shot next, it feels like he is the he's one away. I don't think he even needs to be one away. I think if Bilal didn't exist, Mark, he just gets a title shot, basically. Like he's number five. Well, I mean, I think you look at I, his ranking solidifies it. The amount of like contenders hasn't really. I, I think that's my personal problem. Is not not that I don't think he's undeserving, but like Thompson was his first opponent that he had that has ever fought for a title, right? Everyone else he's fought of. Your Neil Magny's, mm, your, your Jeff Neal's, like they're good, but they never made it to that level, you know. And, and you could be just like, "What well, is he going to fight Jorge Masvidal? He needs to fight Usman." Like, you know, like these are all guys like he could beat, you know, on paper. He definitely like beats these guys because they're, you know, we consider both those guys kind of over the hill. It's just he hasn't been in the title contention picture for very long. Um, he's just recently started to fight actual, you know, named opponents, right? That we actually have like a lot of respect for. So we're getting a better gauge and. This fight was, he asserted himself fairly well, you know, especially when, I think, even more so when you factor in that he was injured, right? I think he was having some problems on the stand-up. He did not seem super comfortable fighting Thompson in the stand-up, which I think a lot of fighters aren't just because of the angles and because of mm. what Thompson brings to the cage. But he quickly was able to utilize that other skill set, which he's extremely strong at, which is his grappling, right? So once he was able to get him tied up, he was able to, you know, ultimately get him down and submit him. It kind of shows, like, this is... This is why this guy is so excited. He doesn't it's fight with ego either, Mark. It felt like he didn't think he's like, oh, I have to yeah. outstrike Wonder Boys. Oh, fuck that. I'm just going to choke sure. him. What are we doing? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's extremely cerebral. He's extremely skilled. 
And that's really what makes him so dangerous. It's not that he's undefeated, which in and of itself is is great. It's not even that he's finished all his fight, fights, which that in and of itself is is awesome. It's not even that like his finishes are almost split directly down the middle between KOs and submissions. Mm-hmm. That's just the 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 factor of really what makes him so special is that he is so good everywhere. He is top level everywhere, right? And we don't really see that. You can even look at like Leon Edwards is top level striking. His gra- his anti grappling is great, and his takedowns are pretty good. But it's like he's not. He doesn't have that wealth where it's like he he can beat you anyway, yeah. right? Like you don't see Leon Edwards get a lot of submissions. You don't see Leon Edwards grind guys with a wrestling style thing. Absolutely, like, Shabcat can right, and that's really what makes him so unique. So I, I do feel like he. I would like to see him fight one more upper echelon guy. I think a Burns makes a lot of sense. Um, well, they, they I think they just... booked Burns in one of those things they burn a book. One side, Mike, you go ahead while I look up who they booked Burns with. Sorry to cut you off, Mark. Yeah, I, well, I, I just had a question for Mark. Um, do you think, do you want to see him fight once more because you think he needs to have one more fight to fight for the title or just because? Uh, I, I think in my kind of hierarchy of like what it takes to earn a title shot, I think he needs that that one more exposure, that one more high-level guy who's fought for a belt personally. Della, Jack Della Maddalena, by the way. That's who Burns is fighting. That's a sick fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is. That's one they announced for 299. Yeah. But it does it does seem like the schedules might not really align for him to fight one of well, those you, guys. You made a good point. So they, you, you're saying that it's like you got a guy with multiple, like, because uh, Bilal was fought Damian Maya, Wonderboy Thompson, and Gilbert Burns, three people who have fought for titles. You know, they have not won titles. But they all fought for titles. You said it. The only person that this guy has fought that has fought for a title is Wonder Boy. You know, that's that is a, that is. A, mm-hmm. I mean, Bilal deserves it more. To be very clear, Bilal absolutely sure. deserves it. Um, I I think what would be nice is if somehow we could keep uh, Edwards and Shavka on the same schedule and have mm-hmm. Leon fight Burns and on uh, the co-main. I, I don't mean know Bilal. if they often Leon do fight Bilal. You mean? Yeah, but Bilal, sorry. Um, and then have as the co-main whoever Shavka is going to fight. And I don't think the UFC does that very often where the main and the co-main are from the same division, let alone one of them being a number one contender fight. But that might be a pretty interesting dynamic if they decided to go that route. I mean, I've, even if they do the England thing, maybe put Shavka as like against like somebody in like the feature bout, Shavka and... I mean, you're gonna send Colby to England. What's the point of that? I guess. I'm honestly, I, Colby's like the only other choice. The more I'm looking at this, like he can go farther down the line. Like I'm looking at the rankings. Like he can fight. I'm <clears throat> um, like looking at the welterweight rankings. He can. I mean, Kamaru's not fighting him. What are we doing there? Bilal. Just, I mean, Burns is booked. I don't think you do that. I mean, Luke. He he could maybe Luke, off, but then like it doesn't. It doesn't factor into my criteria, right? Where it's like now he just fought another guy that hasn't fought. Well, there's nobody belt. left. You already know he's not really. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like that doesn't really. It, it gives him another fight, but it's just like I don't need to see him like just have more fights. Like I've we've seen enough looks at him. Like we know this guy's quality. Well, Dion is also it's really how does he stack? Well, yeah, because the last champion was Kamara Usman, and he spent fucking two years fighting this prick, and Jorge mm-hmm. not deserving either title shot. Masvidal, like. That you know what I mean? Like that's the other guys he fought. So like, and Jorge is not even like active fighter. So like, Maybe there's tired, a whole so. who else did like? And the other the fighter that Kamaru beat when he was champion was Gilbert Burns. They really need to book Gilbert Burns. I mean, I, I appreciate that's a tough fight for Jack Della Maddalena. 
But like that was the mm -hmm. fight, you know. Gilbert's also down. Gilbert fought Chimeyev. Gilbert don't give a fuck. That'd been a great fight, man. Yeah. What's Chimeyev up to? Make him fight Shafkat. Let's do that. That'd be a hell of a fight. That's all I wanted. The whole time we're talking about cams like this, cams like that. Shafkat's been my guy being like, that's what I want to see. I want to see those two fight. Let's see what happens. Um, Patty Pimblett, Tony Ferguson. How much is 40 minutes into this fucking podcast, man? Patty Pimblett really did okay. I think he went out of this way, out of his way to eat this week not to get booed. He really did his best not to be an asshole. And I think he succeeded. Um, and he talked a lot about respecting Tony after the fight. And the one thing that made me laugh was before the fight, he said, hell, even I want Tony to win his final fight. I just don't want it to be against me. He says, I don't want it to be at my expense. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, I don't know what you do with Patty Pimblett. Because he gassed hard in the third round. And he took care of business. He got on top of Tony, but he was done. He was cooked. Um, I don't know he, who he can beat in the top 15. Because I don't think that person exists. If he's, if we're going to go to this England card, which I'm kind of imagining in my head now that they're going to go to England, because why wouldn't you? Looking at the top 15, I he asked for it once. I think Drew Dober's the fight. I still think Drew Dober's the fight. I think Drew Dober's the best chance this guy has, unless he's going to fight Bobby Green. Okay, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, is Bobby still ranked? I mean, that seems they're going to slow roll. What's Moikano up to? Moikano would fuck this kid up, wouldn't he, Mike? <laughs> You're muted. You're muted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not even, not even trying to disparage Patty Pimblett. Not that I particularly like him or dislike him, really, but like, Lightweight is a goddamn, like, meat grinder. Like, for the love of God, Benoit Saint-Denis is number 12, and he is he is out there killing people. That's 12. It's, <laughs> it's not that he's a bad fighter. He has won, I think, six in a row. Um, but as you alluded to, he's not upper echelon. He's, I mean, he doesn't look like he's it, getting better. He has the same holes. It took like, him... He, he struggled to beat Tony Ferguson. Okay, I don't think he struggled. Right. That wasn't close. He struggled. That wasn't close. I, I, no, 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 no. The first round wasn't close. The rest of the fight wasn't... It, it wasn't he was getting the doors blown off of him. And considering how close Tony got to being finished in that first round, the fact that the second and the third round were even slightly competitive is an issue. I mean, okay. I don't know. I I, I think Drew Dober... Uh, the Bobby Green thing makes me sad, Mark, because I'm definitely going to lose money betting on Bobby Green if it's Bobby Green. Um, yeah. Send him to England. I think Drew Dober would be a good fight. I think Drew Dober would be his huckle would be a fun fight. At least I think Drew Dober might crack him though. There's a concern there. If we're trying to book him like a, a favorable matchup at 115 at 115 at at uh, top 15. Yeah, that's probably it. You know? Unless they think yeah, he, unless they think unless they think he can beat Benil and I don't think he can beat Benil. And Benil Benil would fuck him up. Mm. Benil beats his ass now that I'm I'm more I think about it. Like Benil's a better at him everywhere. He's not even a better grappler than Benil. Like, I don't know how that goes well at all for him. <laughs> um, Tony, man, I guess it wasn't that bad. It didn't make me sad too much. I don't like him losing the only other person who lose seven fights in rows, BJ Penn. And, you know, BJ Penn's getting knocked out in bars in Hawaii and posting weird-ass fucking stuff about every conspiracy. All the BJ believes all the conspiracies. So, and Tony wasn't exactly playing with a full deck to begin with. So, um, every now and then, Mark... We go on this podcast, Mike, you too, where we look at stuff and we think, 
these are like we know better than these odds makers and very often it's not true and in this case we were very right because they said the betting line for josh emmett versus bryce mitchell and all three of us said why the fuck is josh emmett an underdog let alone a two to one underdog um he hit that man so hard we thought he was dead that was he, he was twitching he he was they were just casually saying he's having a seizure i'm like i'm not sure it's a seizure but let's not diagnose him dr joe rogan what the fuck man like um he ducked into that right hand and josh Hemmett hits harder than all the featherweights i think we can confidently say that nobody hits harder than josh Hemmett. um bryce mitchell it's a tough dude man but he should not fight anybody for Let's just pencil in like eight months at least. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, um, I think this was the first time he's been knocked out. So it's not like he's been prone to this. But we, we've always known, you know, stand-up was not really like his strong suit, right? And that's why stylistically it looked like Josh Emmett was going to match up really well with him. It, you know, we didn't really think that Mitchell would have the wrestling criteria to be able to get Emmett down easily. And if it's on the feet, this guy has a huge power advantage. And even though like... You can look at Josh Emmett and where he struggled against other strikers. It's usually guys that are really technical and can really kind of keep a power striker at bay. Um, Bryce just isn't that guy. Like Bryce's stand-up just really isn't at that technical level to keep someone as dangerous from Josh Emmett from being able to get in the pocket and land that big one right hand, right? When you have more technical strikers that are really on their P's and Q's with distancing, they can kind of handle a Josh Emmett because he's a one-trick pony, right? He's got a solid right hand. If you can negate that, stay away from that, pepper him with, you know, leg kicks on the outside and jabs, you can kind of figure out Josh Emmett, but it's just like, that's not Mitchell's game. Mitchell's game's all getting it to the ground and being on top and utilizing that jiu-jitsu. And it just, I think for both of us, or maybe all three of us, it seemed like that was going to be a hard call for a guy like Josh Emmett, who is a strong wrestler and who's physically strong, who's short. It's hard to get underneath him to get your double legs and your takedowns. So yeah, the, the ending of this match, I didn't know it'd be quite this violent, but it wasn't surprising. Yeah, I was just the whole week. I'm just like, I don't think this is I mean, unless he got him down and I was like miscalculating because I was just like Josh trains with some of the best wrestlers in this sport every day. I've never seen of him be a victim of getting lay and prayed a lot. Like I'm not that like he's a lay and pray artist in Bryce, but like just getting taken down at will. And I'm just like, I had no fucking idea what was going on, like with the betting lines there. And uh yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that was the easiest 45 bucks I've ever made. I'm just putting that out there. Like, I bet on, I parlayed Josh Emmett and Shaftcat just because I'm like, let's juice this fucker up a little bit more. Let's get another free one in there. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck was that. Um, that was wild. Um, all right, um, prelims real quickly. I forgot, oh, I lost the goddamn card. Um... Alonzo Menafield, Dustin Jacoby was a lot of fun. Uh, Jacoby should not have let this guy get the better of him as many times as he did on his feet, I thought, for being a, such a good kickboxer. I thought, like, all the biggest shots were being landed by Benefield, Mark. I was, like, a little... I mean, Jacoby's a good kickboxer, mm -hmm. too. I don't know what he was doing there. Um, he was. He, he was doing good. It's just one of those things, like, the power difference was so significant. And anytime Manifield landed one, he stole the round. Yeah. Right? He landed one big shot, and it's like... I mean, I whatever, thought he won. Did you, too? Did you think Menafield won? I did, too. Yeah. No, I think, too, because he land these huge shots and he get these huge reactions out of Dustin where he's flopping around standing up and, you know, it, it negates the 
four minutes of work Dustin put in peppering him with jabs and kicks mm. and being a, a more technical seasoned fighter, you get one big shot and you're on the fish legs for a second. You're going to lose that round. So that's kind of what happened in this one. And um, Irene Aldana spent the first round getting leg kicked and not checking any leg kicks. And then in the second round said, fuck it, I'm going to bite down on my mouth card. And let's just go to fucking war, man. Um, big Irene Aldana fans on this podcast. I think we were all pretty disappointed in how she kind of didn't. Sh it kind of felt like the moment got to her in the title fight with Amanda. She didn't fight at all mm -hmm. like herself. I hope she gets another crack at it. And looking at who's fighting for the title, if I'm her, I would not doubt that I could get back there because, and we say this as big Raquel Pennington fans, Mayor Buena Silva was Raquel Pennington as a title fight. They had eight months. Uh, when did Amanda retire? May? This is the uh, best yeah. they could come up with in eight months? In seven months? Like, what the fuck? That's wild. Let's, not judge, let's not judge this too much, man. Let's give Rocky a cookie. I don't know if Rocky's going to okay. win this one. <laughs> Mera's, re Mera's real mean. She keeps talking about... She's like, Juliana, I will kill you. So, that that's a thing. We're threatening death. Um, Cody Garbrandt hasn't looked this good in... <sighs> since he was champion? Is that a fair estimation, Mark? Since he was champion, he hasn't looked this good. Sure, yeah. He did not go in crazy when he hurt the guy. He was measured with his strikes. I thought he fought the best fight of it, uh, in since... Yeah, so probably four years. I don't know when he was champion. He's only he's only thirty two, which is wild to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, since two thousand, since honestly, uh, since the Dominic fight, seven years, it's best fight in seven years. So, great job there. Yeah. And Ariane Lipsky, Casey O'Neill was another one, which a uh, big fight for the perverts. But in terms of actual skill level, uh, Ariane Lipsky showed a real evolution. I thought she's been good for a while, but she really pieced up Casey O'Neill. Mark, I was impressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She she demolished her standing. Mm -hmm. She landed these huge power shots. Then on the ground, mm -hmm. submissions were on point and basically finished her with an armbar where she hyperextended her arm. It was probably yeah, one I of thought, the best. I thought she hurt her. her like she, that arm might be a little bit because she she let it crank. Yeah, it bit. was extended. Yeah, yeah. Casey O'Neill's young, talented, but you gotta. I don't know. Throw, being able to throw combinations get you far in the women's game. It seems like. Um, then, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything else from the prelims worth mentioning, but uh, I didn't see any of the other ones, actually, though. But a shout-out to Touchy Feely, still getting wins. One of the best nicknames in MMA. Um, real mm -hmm. quickly, because we're 50 minutes into this thing, we're going to talk about uh, some fights that got announced, um, mostly for UFC 299, um, which is uh, UFC 298, tied to Ivasa versus Marcin Tybura got announced. And UFC 298 also got uh, Tatiana Suarez versus uh, Amanda Lemos, which makes me think we're going for China versus China in this uh, at, at 115, Mark. That's, you know, with a fight we kind of thought they were going to do already. Wouldn't know why they haven't yet, but. And yeah, then. On uh, paper, exciting fight. Makes sense. Bunch of sick fights got announced for uh, UFC 299 in Miami. Miami, formerly a very hard place for the UFC to sell tickets. But when they show up with a fucking, you know, uh, uh, felon that's who used to be president, it seems to help the ticket sales. Um, Song Yudong versus Peter Yan. Fight fucking rules, Mike. This fight fucking rules. I'm already so excited just based on that fight alone. I enjoy everything Song Yudong does, including his newfound ability to shit talk. Big fan of this young man. And big fight for Peter Yan, man. Peter Yan got to get a win. And this seems doable. Doesn't seem like someone's going to, you know, someone who fights fairly straightforward style, as we mentioned. 
Gilbert Burns versus Jack Della Maddalena. Uh Jack has not lost in the UFC. Gilbert is a good test to see if this guy is someone we need to consider a contender or not. A actually, he's, you're fighting the guy who's ranked number like two. So uh, this is an interesting test. Yeah, this is quite a test. Um, Kevin Holland versus the debuting Michael Venom Page. Think, Mark, this fight's going to go however Kevin Holland wants to be a dumbass or not, but not about it, I think, honestly. Yeah, you would think Kevin would probably have a significant advantage, you know, if he was to utilize his grappling. But we, we've seen in other fights where, you know, if he was able to do that, he could have potentially won some high-profile fights, and he kind of cho chooses to stand there and bang because he's competitive there as well. But, you know, against He made, like, like, this weird gentleman's agreement with Wonder Boy not to fucking grapple, <laughs> and I think Travis Luter's head was turning purple as the fight went on. It was interesting. because yeah, he's, he's, he can be very crafty, you know, and not, not even just on the ground, but, like, getting him to the ground and, you know, in those transitions, you know, he's got a lot of people with darts chokes and stuff like that. And I would think Michael Page is someone who could fall prey to that but it's really up to Holland to utilize those skills and not just get into a fun firefight, which he seems to enjoy. He wants to be a crowd pleaser, so he falls into those traps sometimes. So we'll see. It's a fun one on paper. Um, and finally, and Jonathan Almeida versus Curtis Blades. A rematch, but UFC, it was, there was supposed to be a fight that happened, and then Curtis Blades got hurt, and they sent Derek Lewis to get laid on top of for 25 minutes. And the UFC said, ah, the fight didn't count. You don't get any advancement of opponent. You're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to beat that uh, that other guy instead. I am excited to see if Jalton Almeida can pull this. Get, I mean, because I'm a Jalton Almeida guy. That was a very disappointing performance. Mark, this is a big one. He's really got to show out here with mm -hmm. Curtis Blades. And yeah, then um, it was an interesting fight when they first booked it. Uh, Ian Mac Machado, Gary, Ian Machado. When I say his name now, the middle of Machado part, it's hard to think of anything else. Mike, Ian Machado, Gary. Taking on Jeff Neal, um, a fight that was booked a while ago, and then Jeff Neal got hurt. And then during the lead up to the fight, Ian Machado Gary decided he was funny for posting Jeff Neal's mugshot on T-shirts. Real cute. Um, all of a sudden, Ian Machado Gary has different feelings on people that to going with personal attacks. It's interesting how things you know, how things change. Uh, Jeff, they're booking that fight again. Um, I don't know what Vicente Luque did to lose this fight, but Dana White said some stuff like. Oh, he turned down a bunch of fights, which makes me think they try to get this man to take a fight on three days' notice, Mike. Yeah, yeah that's that's what it seems like. Um, considering that, you know, he wasn't the one that had to pull out of the fight, you would think that they would just rebook this fight. So that obviously means that Luke treaded on to... Uh, he, he, he agreed to Dana fight White's Kevin Holland. It's weird. He said he was, I'll fight Kevin. Kevin Holland wanted to fight this week, and he's like, I'll fight Kevin Holland. Sounded like he, Kevin Holland, had the audacity to ask for Because Kevin Holland knows to take advantage of a bad situation and get paid. I think that was the only person Luke agreed to fight. Because, you know. Anyway. Um, 299 sounds sick, guys. UFC 299 sounds real good. I don't know if they got a main event. Oh, they do have a main event. It's Sean O'Malley versus... Uh... Help me out. Cheeto. Right? Cheeto. Cheeto, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if they give another title fight. Or if they've already booked... I don't even know if there's another title fight in the books for this one. I It's hard to keep track of the UFC events, especially when they all fall apart um, as we get closer to them. There are... Yeah. Caitlin Chukasian also versus Macy Barber on that one. A lot of people I know on these fights. Pedro Munoz, Kyler Phillips. Not bad. Um... And uh, yeah, Ian Ian Gary had pneumonia and avoided 
everybody calling him a cuck for an hour and a half. So I guess we're all better for that too, that that didn't happen, I think. Um, maybe get your shit together though. In general, Ian, take this time to, you know, let's, let's get, let's get, let's get our head, you know, let's get our head focused because that man posted seven videos, Mark, to talk, to address this different controversies he was in. And that's, video. that's why I was just like, I'm, Luke is knocking him out. Luke this kid's shit is not that good. If he's not, if his head's not on straight, Luke is going to hit his head with a fuck that shin and put him in the third row. Um, and Jeff Neal will fuck you up. Jeff Neal is the hardest fight Shaftcat has had. Um, that was a battle, man. That was a goddamn battle. So, kid's got a few months to get his stuff together. Apparently, pneumonia means you can't fight for four months, though. Doesn't at all make me think that we need it. We're waiting for the heat to die down, though. Um, another thing that happened, Sean Strickland, the Drickus thing I mentioned. Drickus is a scumbag for different reasons this week. And then Sean Strickland got him and got into a fight in the crowd. The part that made me laugh, Mark, was when they kept teasing that they're going to show the footage before the end, before the broadcast goes off the air. And they did. They showed the footage. Mm-hmm. I appreciate them not uh, curl, pearl clutching and telling me this is the most disgusting moment in the history of the sport before they started using it for, for promotion. In 2023, we don't care. We just we just yeah. fucking. Um, it's all part of the machine now. Mike, did you catch Dana White's response to this thing? You're muted. I am. I am not on my game today. Um, you know what it is? It's the it's the champions hangover. So I apologize to you guys. I'll be I'll be right as rain next week. But anyway, my answer to your question, Bobby, was no, I didn't. What did he say? So Dana said, "Which idiot put Sean Strickland sitting so close to Drickus Duplucy?" And then Dana said, "Me. I am the idiot. Totally my fault." <laughs> oh. <laughs> which was pretty funny <laughs> which I, was pretty I funny for sure he was ab- i thought for sure he was about to throw somebody under some the bus. poor fucking intern that did this thing by the way what is this thing where algebraic sterling shows up to the arena and they've no they pulled his free tickets and they don't give him anymore feels real rude just feels real rude um ended up out of flankers to watch the fight instead so anyway that was ufc 296 ufc's back in Three weeks, I think. Whatever is um, whatever is January thirteenth. I think that's three weeks, or maybe four, four weeks actually. Right? One, two, three, three, four four weeks, weeks? four weeks. About three and a half weeks. Month off. Oh boy. Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker too. If I would not, I would send the Apex. Sure, why not? Why not? Put in the fucking Apex. The rest of this card is doo doo. Just pure doo-doo. Um, all right. Uh, let's do real quickly our top five list. Mike, your suggestion this week was, and we're an hour into this podcast, so the top five list, probably good that you chose one that you did. It's going to be a little bit faster, I think. Not going to require 40 minutes of conversation. Is what? Yeah. So um, we've been doing some top five lists over the last few weeks. If you guys are just joining us this week for the first time. Yeah. And in celebration of Christmas this week, we didn't just want to do a top five Christmas movies list because, frankly, I think there'd be a lot of overlap there. I don't think we each have five unique Christmas movies, and I really don't want to get into a 40-minute argument on whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm about to drop that as my favorite part about Christmas, so let's not name drop it immediately, okay? (laughs) Uh, so I proposed last week, let's just do a top five 
Favorite things we just generally like about Christmas that can encompass pretty much anything about the movie, holiday season. Uh, well, none of us, all of us here are some type of Christian. So, I mean, again, I'm not, oh, wait. not even close. Wait, <laughs> I mean, you're not Muslim, really. I'm more that than so. I am Christian. <laughs> That's the box I check, man. Holidays, top five holiday anythings. Um, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. We've been doing bullshit Christmas for like nine years. Buddy, you're doing some Catholic shit right now. Not only Mike didn't just offend the other religions. He started to narrow it down just to Catholics just now, too. I'll go first. I have a very small family, uh, first generation, so there's not a lot of us here. So I enjoy any time. Uh, we're all close, but I enjoy any time the four of us, me, my parents, and my brother, uh, spend time together. Um, spend, you know, get spent. I stay there, you know. Little dog's with me now, too. She loves being there. She runs around, um, you know, and uh, I kind of honestly, I'm not I don't really in, I'm not a big Christmas person in general because I don't have kids and, you know, stuff like that. And I the whole thing is not really my jam necessarily. The only tradition I really have is that Mike and I do have a contest every year. Actually, that's going to be one of my things. I'm not going to get into it now. Um, but anyway, um, I, uh, I like spending time with my family. I kind of treat Thanksgiving, I kind of treat Christmas as like almost another Thanksgiving where it's an excuse for us all to be together. So I like I like that part about Christmas. Mark? Uh, yeah, so for my first one, I'm just going to, this is a very general one, but I'm just going to say the holiday cheer. I think in general, during this time of year, people on the whole, not everybody, they're still, you know, you're curmudgeons. It's not like everyone's all jolly jolly, but I think generally... There's just a, a good feeling of cheer and, can, you know, kind of we're all in this together. Let's have a good Christmas holiday season. Um, it seems like most people are just generally in, in a better mood. And I appreciate that. I think it, it goes along with the holiday well. So, yeah. General Mike, cheer. Your idea. What's your first Jesus, one? look at these two with their goodwill towards men's suggestions right off the bat. Ugh. I'm going to go with candy cane, gentlemen. I love candy cane during Christmas time. Bobby's looking at me like candy cane during Christmas is the same as like candy corn during Halloween. No, it's it is just not. like it's, it's like when you get those mints at a restaurant. It's the same flavor to me as the candy cane. Well, pretty much. Ask, but it's it is like not the same. Do you like peppermint candy canes or like the candy ones? Because they like the sweet one too. Fair question. So, that is a fair, fair, fair question. Um, and observation by Bobby as well. Um. Fair question by you, Mark. And Bobby, yes, they do taste like the mints that you get at like a restaurant. However, here's the difference between those little circular mints and candy cane. All right. And this goes back to when I was a small kid. Here's one thing you can't do with those mints. You can do a candy cane. You unwrap it. You start uh -huh. licking it from the long end, right? Yep. And you lick it in a way where it becomes a candy yep. cane shiv. Shiv. I knew you were going to say Okay, that. I've got that too. I got you. <laughs> and it's little things like that that just trigger, you know, core memories from your childhood. So for me, number one is candy cane. Okay. Um. Mine is the thing Mike and I do. It kind of we kind of fell into this on accident, Mike. I don't think this was a dedicated thing we did, but um, we are now. I was gonna look this. Let me look this up while we're talking about it. 
Mike and I, um, and there's barely any, it's hard to even describe sometimes what our goal is when we do this, I think. But since 2013, Mike and I have been sending each other just nonsense, for lack of a better term, on on the hol- on, 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 for Christmas. Um, like, first year I looked it up, you sent me a garden gnome, and I sent you a grappling hook and batarang. Allegedly a work link, working grappling hook, but someone definitely died, if I remember correctly, using that grappling hook. So be careful, don't scale a building. And then it started like that. Like, I mean, my Mike sent me a gold panning kit one year, and my mom had to ask me literally three months ago, saying, "Do I need to keep this in my house?" And I said, "No, you could you could throw it away. It's okay." She's like, "Is there anything worthwhile in there?" And I took out the fucking panning thing, and it was like, wait, half an ounce. I'm like, "No, this is not even." I thought it was like a tray I could use. No, you know, like it's fun thing we do every year. Um, Mike's winning right now, five to four. We still have the one disputed year I'm never going to give up on, but still you're up five to four with even without that. Um, I'm not super confident this year because I saw the size of what you sent me, and it means you put some thought into it. Mine is going to hit a very specific thing with what I sent you this year, but I like that we do that. Uh, we have a tradition, man. It's fun. I don't get to see you that often, so it's something we do. So I look forward to it. Uh, I um, The thing I sent you this year, I thought was my surefire pick last year. But then at the last minute, I got the inspiration for the Speedo I sent you last year. And I thought I can use what I thought of last year for next year. And I actually stuck to that. I tried looking through all of November, brainstorming what else I could send you. Hmm. And last year's second selection was still the best one. So I'm pretty confident in that one um, that I don't think you'll ever use that. So that's a... for me, that's always the the number one criteria. But I've definitely tried it on. I look good. What are you talking about? I looked real good in the speedo. <laughs> well, there was also more to the speedo because I lost like eighty pounds, and you kept making speedo jokes all year. So there wasn't just that you pulled yeah, the speedo. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Oh yeah, that's, that's why you did it. Well, if you just sent me a speedo for the sake of sending me a speedo, you know it was just was? like that's not as funny. But like last set it up. year, I remember last year around like March, I was thinking, ooh, I'm gonna send them what I what I'm eventually sent you now and then for some when you kept telling us all oh, like i'm losing this much weight this was weight. i remember being real proud of you and i i remember jokingly yeah. starting to say yo it's speedo weather and then i realized i was saying that a few too many times it's like wait a second i'm gonna send this yeah, no, I, I, that was speedo. my first thought he's been saying speedo for six months so that was pretty cool yeah i like we do that that's fun that we do that so not to, yeah, not, I, not to I really do this. enjoy. <laughs> no, I really do enjoy it as well. And uh, I know we don't normally. I uh, would try not to have uh, unique ones, but I, that one was definitely on my top five. Yeah. So, um, Mark. Yeah. No. In this, in the same vein, but not quite the same. It's, it's just the gift giving. I've always, obviously, as a kid, that was a big part because you know I would say I was fortunate to live in a household that you know like. Birthdays and Christmas weren't the only time I was able to, you know, get toys and stuff, but it was obviously the, the big time, you know, and, you know, if there's any big items or something that would be, you know, the parents would say, like, oh, maybe for Christmas or something. So, you know, a lot of the big game consoles I've gotten and the, the bigger gifts I've received throughout my life had been part of Christmas. But I would then even say when you get older, um, if you're able to have someone you give gifts to that has similar interests um, that you do or you guys share interests, I think it could be really fun to find unique gifts for them. So like uh, my wife, Christine, my brother-in-law, Sean, um, because we share a lot of the same interests. Uh, a lot of times I've been able to kind of like look and find some kind of like unique stuff that 
they wouldn't necessarily ask for themselves, but I think was really cool. And I was like, I'm really excited to give them this thing I found on Etsy or something that was a little bit more off the beaten trail or something. So I feel like if you have those kind of relationships, much like Bobby and Mike were saying, you know, they give each other, you know, whether it's gag gifts or whatever, um, you know, when you when you find someone something that's kind of u- unique or cool or interesting, it's and they find it unique and cool and interesting, and they weren't expecting it. That whole process is just really fun. It's exciting to give it. It's exciting to receive it. So yeah, just giving gifts always a good time. Mike, you got uh, you got another one, or are you using the thing we already talked about? <laughs> my my second was going to be the one we already talked about. Okay, um, real quickly, um, this is not specific to Die Hard, um, but we end up watching a few movies that just ends up end up happening almost. We end up watching at my parents' house always, and it always tends to be on Christmas. And it's not even Die Hard; it's really we end up watching The Rock or my cousin Vinny or Goldeneye ends up on the TV one way or another. And those are the three movies, those three plus actually Independence Day is the other one. Those are the movies we've watched more as a family than any other movie, which my mom, I'm sure, would appreciate if those weren't the four movies necessarily. She likes my cousin Vinny um, a lot. Uh, she's the other one. She's just like, I've seen this movie so many times. Why are we still watching fucking Goldeneye? Um, but yeah, we end up watching those movies a lot. And, uh, you know, my brother and I can pretty much do the rock line for line with each other the whole movie. So yeah, I like I like uh, doing that. By the way, I got to my parents' house today, and my mom was watching Friday. She was just watching Friday. Interesting. She was on. Hmm. It was weird. Also, they like remastered Friday because it was like, man, I'm like, this looks like in 4K. When did they do that? But that was what they were. She was watching uh, Friday, and uh, I was like, are you paying attention? Even she was on the phone. She's like, no, I was watching something else, and this movie started. And I'm just like, Debo showed up. You're at least 25 minutes into this thing. Um. Anyway, that was it. Watching movies, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going off the same thing. Um, I mean, I put these three things together: hot cocoa, fire, and, and Christmas movies. Um, and I would say before this year, didn't really watch a ton of Chris- Christmas movies before Christmas. But on Christmas Day, I don't know. If, I, I don't know, Mike, if it's like this. I think it was TBS. So there's one channel that would play um, Christmas Story 24 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. So we would always have that on all the time. It's Elf. Now. Um, they do Elf now. Yeah, they they do Elf now. Elf Seriously, that's what they do now. Yeah. Um, and then last year we watched, um, I think we watched Home Alone on Christmas Eve, and that was fun. And then I mentioned last week, and I'm going to mention the stuff we like. Like, we've been watching a lot of Christmas movies this year. So, yeah, just, you know, when the weather's kind of crummy outside, and, and again, super fortunate, our last apartment and the place we just moved into both have fireplaces. So, really like just like putting on Instalog, watching a Christmas movie, having tea or hot cocoa or something um it's a good time good time for it mike uh very similar to mark uh one of my favorite things to do on the 25th is pretty much almost nothing at all um in latin culture uh the 24th is called uh, noche buena and that's when we do a lot of our gift opening and you know a lot of the celebrations so the 25th is normally a pretty low-key day. You know, you just stay in the house and just mill around. And before 2005, my Christmas Day would, some of the traditions I would always do is I would always at some point watch Charlie Brown Christmas um, when it was, you had to watch it on ABC when it would uh, appear. Uh, now I can just watch it on Hulu whenever. And uh, similar to, to, to Mark, I will find at some point in the day and not not from beginning to end just at different points of the day you watch the whole movie 
uh, I would watch A Christmas Story on TNT. And then the newest addition to this tradition was since 2005, I always uh, start my day watching uh, The Boondocks' A Huey Freeman Christmas. Um, nice. Love it immensely. Um, do I look like Charlie Brown? Don't look at Quincy Jones. Sa- Quincy Jones can't save you. Just saying. Where was Santa when we was in the hood? <laughs> all I all I asked for was ribs, not even a whole core. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's the the little things like that that I, I really love about Christmas. Um, so that's my third one. Uh, mine's real quickly. It's kind of why I said we also my family kind of just is just like another Thanksgiving because we try to have a nice big meal, um, and. Uh, you know, not not like a turkey necessarily, but just, you know, maybe make a prime rib or, you know, make some mashed potatoes, make some mac and cheese, stuff like that. I have my brother has got some sort of plan with pork belly this year. So that's uh, that should be good. You know, looking forward to see what he does with that. Um, maybe throw it in the smoker. We'll see. See what he's going to do with it. Uh, but, yeah, we always have a nice big meal. So, you know, that's uh, that's it for that one, Mark. Uh, yeah, so uh, Max and I was just going to put house decorations, Christmas lights, people decorating and stuff. Uh, it's always kind of just, again, spreading that cheer. And since, you know, the daylight savings and stuff, when I'm driving home, it tends to be dark. So when I'm pulling in, you start seeing people's, you know, houses lit up and you see some people go kind of wild with it. And they have all kinds of crazy inflatable crap and stuff on their lawn. And, and now, you know, we're me and Christine were fortunate enough to be kind of like in a house. We, you know, got to decorate the outside and hang lights. And it was one of those things, like the more we did, it was like, man, you know what? The only thing that's going to make this look better is we need more lights. So we kept buying more lights. And then, you know, it's just like, well, it doesn't quite go all the way. Maybe we need to get more lights. I don't know. But um, that, that part's fun. It's fun seeing other people's houses all decked out too. So, yeah. Uh, Mike. Speaking of decorations, not one of my top five, but, um, in connection with the bullshit gifts, uh, Where's Rufus? one of my uh, decorations is a uh, shout out to my boy Rufus. Um, mm-hmm. Technically the second Rufus, but we're treating it like um, people that play James Bond, like the actors that play James Bond. Um, when one when one Rufus goes down and another one replaces it, its name is just Rufus. Um, anyway, my fourth one is a peppermint mocha at Starbucks. And specifically... I mean to say holiday-based drinks or foods. Um, So that will include like, you know, coquito and, uh, you know, things things of like that nature. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like pumpkin spice lattes, but I've had so many peppermint mochas at at Starbucks so far. Just my two cents. I think you should consider the gingerbread latte. Big fan. I I will try that tomorrow. Yeah, that one I like quite a bit. I don't get it because a gingerbread latte killed one of my laptops one time. Cause let me tell you, it wasn't just that it was wet. It's, you know, wet. It's the sugar. The sugar really ate that shit. That really ended that laptop. Um, mm. Delicious, delicious coffee though. Um, Never heard of a laptop get diabetes before. Uh, it really, that was it. It just, you know, it got, it was done. <laughs> um, okay. The last one. Um, I really struggling here a little bit to think of a last one. I, Despite me sounding kind of grinchish and saying that, like, I'm not the biggest Christmas person in the world, I do like how happy, as a kid, it makes kids. 
Like, it's very much to me a children's holiday, which is why it doesn't necessarily do a lot for me. A lot of the more traditional things about it. So I remember as a kid how happy and excited we'd all get and, you know, who got me what, what got me that. And, you know, it was always nice, man. And like, oh, snap, you know, what did Santa get me? What did mom and dad get me? You know, used to make your Christmas list and shit like that. You know, remember my parents got me uh, the Chronic 2001 for Christmas. Made me real happy. Mike, just put that out there. It was a great year when I got Chronic 2001. That was a good Christmas. <laughs> I said, I want this CD. Give me that. Um, I remember, like, I remember the year we got like a whole bunch of N64 games and shit like that. That was awesome. You know, that was the type of thing. Like, you know, I'm an adult now, but I get it. Like, as kids, like this is this holiday. You know, assuming you were a, you know, celebrating Christmas or hell, I don't know. If you're celebrating Hanukkah, you get stuff too. A time of year where someone's giving you stuff as a kid, you know, without you being able to put together that your entire life is people giving you stuff, but you know, you're getting specific stuff that you want. And you've wanted all year and, you know, oh, I've been a good kid, yada, 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 all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's, it's, I like that. Mark? Yeah. So we, uh, extended this to just holiday stuff. So I thought I, I would fill a one non specific Christmas thing, although like this year kind of falls on Christmas. So I just put, um, normally and they're still doing it uh you know pride would or k1 would have big new year's fights um and i always looked forward to those and those are really fun and ryzen's still doing it um and this year we didn't mention it before but i did want to mention it that on the 26th which i think will be the 25th for us on christmas day uh noya inoa is going after two more belts he'll become you know undisputed in the second weight division if he's able to win um, and then I think Ryzen is doing a whole thing on New Year's Day um, with a bunch of fights. So yeah, I always Juan Archuleta that. is on there. Horaguchi's on there. There's some people mm-hmm. on there, man. Don Dodson's in there. Not bad. There's some stuff happening there. Those were always yeah. used to be more fun, but there's more stuff happening back then. But you know, yeah, it's not it's not what it used to be. The you know Japan Japanese MMA just isn't of the you know caliber that it once was. But in its heyday, like this was like one of those big shows. This would be a tentpole show. This would be like championships fighting um, or just like the unique freak show fights or something. So I always look forward to that. Was Bob Sapp pile driving Noguera Christmas Eve? Was that on uh, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve? Yeah, that was, on a, you, that was a I think wave. it was, yeah. it must've been dream. But the last time I remember actually I trying to watch this was with you. I remember like you and me went to some, bar. it was like years ago. You and me went, Mark went to like a bar in Walnut Creek for like an hour and said, Let's fuck this. Let's go back and start watching one of these uh, one of these things we were watching. I forgot who it was. Um, and obviously, it was tape delay for it to be showing at the same time, right? Wasn't that what it was, or was it live for us? And mm-hmm. how do we? How would that work? Yeah, might have. I, I, mean, I remember I used to, on HDNet they'd had some of them yeah, live. They might have had some tape yeah. delayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and they're hard to watch, right? Because like the times are weird. We have a big us. ass intermission um, in the middle of it too, where you're just like, the fuck? What yeah. the fuck is this happening? Yeah, they'd be playing it like, you know, it would start at like 11 o'clock and would go until six in the morning or something. So it'd, it'd be a big ask. But uh, yeah, it was always fun. Um, Mike, your last one before we do stuff we like. Yeah, so the last one for me, it's, um, you know, when you're an adult, you can pretty much buy whatever you want. I mean, unless, whoa, Bobby, is he, I, I'm assuming the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, people. I got ESPN.com uh, in the corner. <laughs> I thought he was just real happy for whatever my fifth uh, thing was. Uh, I guess not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what I was saying was, uh, you know, as a, as adults, you can pretty much buy whatever you want, um, you know, you know, within reason. Uh, so Christmas does lose some of that luster to it. Um, and I do remember as a kid, my, my most memorable Christmas was Christmas of 92 when um my parents swore up and down no we're not getting you a fucking super nintendo that shit is like four hundred dollars are you and my parents were not ones to like oh we're gonna trick you and get you something no they they were honest to a fault where it's like no we're not getting you that that's too expensive no thank you um and you know they did the whole thing right what like what other present would you want like all right fine okay like a ninja turtles or something and it was a huge shock when all of the uh, other boxes that, like little boxes they had there that looked like they would be toys, um, they were completely empty. And then they just busted out a huge box that had a Super Nintendo in it. And um, I remember me and my two brothers being ecstatic. I don't think the three of us have ever been happy at the same time since then. Um, all of us together. Um, so it's a beautiful shared moment. Um, I remember we got four video games along with it. Obviously, uh, Super Mario World came with it. Um, Pilot Wings, F Zero, Street Fighter Two, and uh, yeah, Super Mario World was the was the was the fourth game. Um, we stayed up until about three or four in the morning, which for me as a seven-year-old was the first time I had ever stayed up that late. Um, and I, I think the reason why I say that story, it's just, um, and to harken back to, I think something Bobby said, uh, a lot of Christmas can be um, for, for kids, but I think more specifically, it's, it's the traditions um, you make either that you remember you had with your parents or maybe a particularly memorable Christmas because they didn't just get you what you wanted. Um, you know, they, they surprised you with what, whatever their gift was. And then, you know, the traditions you make either with your friends or your loved ones as an adult, which um, to be honest, I'm, I'm starting to look forward to that now as a, you know, as a, as a full, full, full adult. And I'm not, I know I've been one for years, but I've been a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to Christmas for a while. So looking forward to it. Oh, I'm way more. I do. I am much more Grinchers than you are. Um, list, list of, oh, fuck, the Seahawks are blowing this. Um, list of uh, traditions Mike and I have. Bullshit Christmas present thing. Bet on the Royal Rumble. End of list. <laughs> Did we already have a plan. We got a, already got a whole thing we're talking about for <laughs> Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, stuff we like. Um, I don't think I. S I watch a lot of football, to be honest. I saw Jake Paul knock that guy out. That guy that looked like he was there to pick up a paycheck. So I hope he got one. Good for him. Um, I really watch a lot else. I'm going to try to go see. At least the plan is. To go see Iron Claw on Saturday. Um, I want to go see that. Ideally, it's not raining still on Saturday. God knows it's raining forever here, it seems like, for the next rest of the week. Um, 
So yeah, I've read some good stuff about this movie though, guys. I'm looking forward to, I mean, as someone who knows the entire story more or less, based on, you know, read a couple, read enough, been a wrestling fan long enough, watched the dark side of the ring. Looking forward to getting depressed about this shit. Um, and seeing how it goes. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that Kevin Vard Eric, the only alive one, uh, well, spoiler alert, the only, the only living Von Eric brother though, um, was on AEW. He showed up. Uh, they were promoting the movie because the AEW World Champion is one of the producers of the movie. Actually, pretty cool. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, I'm going to check it out and see uh, how they do with this story. Should be interesting. Because people who know wrestling know the Von Erich family. The curse of the Von Erich family has been a thing we've all known for quite some time. So, uh, we'll see. So, A24 movie out there, man. Sean Durkin. Uh, I've not seen any of his other movies, but I'm excited to see what he does this one. His previous movie was called The Nest. I don't know if any of you guys saw that movie. So, I did not. Yeah. Nope. Previous to that, Martha Marcy May Marlene. So, Canadian-American guy. Learned about Texas wrestling. So, don't really have a lot this week, but I'll see if I have something next week. Mark? Yeah, we watched a couple more Christmas movies uh, this past week. Uh, the first one we watched was Holiday. Uh, this was a Netflix movie. This one was pretty good. I actually enjoyed this one. Maybe of the ones we've watched in the last couple of weeks, maybe the one I enjoyed th uh, the most so far. Um, more adult humor. More kind of like aiming for those like people in like their mid to late 20s. Um, the basic premise is these two couples, these two people always have a hard time finding dates for holidays so they kind of have a fake relationship where they're just hanging out on holidays together to kind of not be alone or whatever and then they eventually fall in love yada 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 um but it was really fun it was a, it was a it was a fun rom-com that uh i enjoyed and i could recommend you know yeah netflix you're looking for not not super christmasy because it goes through over the course of a year it starts at christmas and ends at christmas but they do do a lot of other holidays too um but that was a good one. And then the, the other one we watched was called The Princess Switch, which Netflix has like eight of these Vanessa Hudgens Switch movies where there's three of these where she's switching with her uh, with an identical twin that is like a princess. And there's another one where there's a knight comes back. I actually want to see that one. There's there's one movie where a knight time travels back in time to our to our time or I guess travels in the future. And she's in that one too. Um, the Princess Switch was all right. It's I can't Christine. There's some other movie. I mean, I, I said like it was kind of like um, the Parent Trap, but there's some other older movie where it's like some dude's actually a prince and some dude's just like a, a peasant or something. They I mean, the Prince and the Pauper is a famous old book. Yeah, well, that's that was, the name of the book. I think all these movies are just using the Prince and the Pauper as off the that. yeah. Let's not forget uh, the Man in the Iron Mask. Movie. Sure. Yes. First um, time I ever fell asleep on a movie was watching that one. Great movie. <laughs> Put me right to bed. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's in that vein, and it's very kind of hokey and kind of I would say not written nearly as well. It, it comes off as kind of like a hallmarky kind of movie, but it was also kind of fun. And you know, Vanessa Hutchins does a good job. You know, she's a very charming actress. So uh, that was a decent one. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed Holiday a little bit more than the other one. Um, yeah, that's all I got this week. Mike. Yeah, so for me, it is a continuation on one I did a few weeks ago. So 
maybe about a month, month and a half ago, I told Bobby that my girlfriend and I were on a horror movie kick. And his girlfriend told us to watch the movie Pearl. And we watched that one a few weeks ago, and we really enjoyed it. Another A24 movie. So we really enjoyed that one. And That one's our favorite, actually. Weekend, wow, that one's really? our, that's our absolute favorite A24 movie, for sure, is that one. She likes Lamb a lot, hmm. too. You guys watch Lamb, you said, right, or not? No, no, we've never watched oh, Lamb. No. Lamb's a weird one, apparently. She likes that one, too, but Pearl's her favorite. But sorry, go ahead. Well, Pearl, Pearl's pretty weird uh, as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the follow-up movie, X, is also um, equally as weird. Uh, X is a movie which takes place about what, 30, 40 years after the events of Pearl. And don't want to spoil too much, but it's it's a horror movie in the same vein as, as Pearl. Um, Jenna Ortega's in it, Britney Snow. Um, Kid Cudi is one of the producers, uh, executive producers of the movie, and he's in it as well. And uh, Mia Goth, who played Pearl in the original movie, uh, plays two roles in this movie as well. Um, really well done. Um, A24, I'm... I haven't watched too many of their movies. I know they have a pretty good reputation when it comes to their, um, I guess, are they still considered like indie movies, A24? I think so. I think they were also, they weren't part of the writer's strike because it was like a non-studio thing too, yeah. I think. I think it's more well, art house-ish type movies. I, I haven't watched too many A24 movies, but they seem to go to the beat of their own drum. And uh, the two horror movies that I've watched for them, Pearl and X, follow that um, that motif. And we really enjoyed the movie. Um, it was a movie where we almost thought, well, like, this isn't going to happen. And, like, this is what's going to happen in this movie, right? Like, And our expectations were subverted uh, the whole way. So if you have any time and you don't want to watch a holiday movie... Uh, during uh, Christmas time, why don't you give X a X a, a watch? Mia Goth is like the queen of all these all these A twenty four movies, huh? She's in all of them. I, I don't know. I think I've she's seen in her in two. I think she's in a bunch of them. Anyway, um, fair enough. She was in X and Pearl, so those are the two at least that she was in. All right, uh, we're going to be back next week. And, man, this podcast for the next month is going to be a lot of just us BSing and stuff like that. Um, we'll see if... And we're not going to sit here every week and get excited about fights that get announced because do I believe all these are going to happen? Honestly, no. So um, we're going to be talking about Fudu 5, Tie 5 lists. You know, maybe we'll try to get a fight one here or there. We did top five fights, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do top five fighters. Specifically, we if with no repeats means not all three of us can say neat. Mike, I don't think Mike would Mark. I do think Mark loves Nate Diaz, but he would have the good sense to recognize Mark and I. Mike and I would both say Nate Diaz anyway. Um, so maybe no repeats. We do top five fighters. You know, we do that maybe, or I don't know. I'd say top five events, but I don't really look at MMA in terms of events. I don't know if you guys do. Like the ones I went to are the ones I like. So that's gonna be this podcast for the next month. Basically, um, we'll preview. This Ankalaev Walker. We're really gonna lead we're gonna lead this year off with a bitching about the Apex event for sure. Because it's a terrible event. 
But then we got UFC 297, assuming Sean Strickland can be allowed into the country. Um, and, you know, we'll be off the braces for 2024. See if the UFC can put together a good calendar year, because I felt this was kind of a weird one for them overall. We're going to do our of the year awards. If I had to guess, if we get our shit together, um, the podcast next week, let me say it now, the podcast next week is going to be January 20, is going to be December 26th um, for sure. We're not recording on Christmas. Uh, so you guys either get it, if you guys are really in, into checking it out, you're going to get it late on Tuesday or early Wednesday. And then I don't anticipate, I don't know if we're going to record on Chris on New Year's Day. That's entirely up to a conversation for the crew here and what people have stuff to do. We'll let you guys know next week, though, in terms of that. And uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to Mike. He got one, man. So we're going to look for new motivation mm-hmm. for 2024 for winning this thing. Um and uh, maybe we'll make it interesting. Maybe we'll do like, uh, since we're definitely picking main events, you got to pick the type of, we've got to pick how it happens or something. You know, maybe we'll find new wrinkles to that too. But we'll all talk about that. Thank you all for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope you guys uh, who celebrate Christmas have a great Christmas. Those of you who just had Hanukkah, I hope you had a good time there. Uh, those of you who celebrate anything else, I hope you enjoyed as well. It's that time of year. Mark mentioned it. Try to be a little bit less shitty to each other. Um, let's try to be a little nicer. Um, this past week in this sport was kind of gross. But uh, felt like good prevailed in most of these fights, honestly. Honestly, weirdly enough. Uh, well, at least the one that I was focused on, uh, the main one. So, And, you know, uh, racist dickhead South African got punched in the crowd. That was pretty funny. So, by a racist American. So, you decide who won that one, folks. Uh, until next week, um, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was our new champion, Lavender Gooms, who's going to work on how to be a babyface in the next week. Um, thank you all for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> now, fuck that. Let me tell you guys. It's like when Randy Orton tried to be baby face early on. My time again. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Merry Kwanzaa to all of you guys. And the gift I'm giving you guys, me as your champion. This train is rolling next year. The year after that. And the year after that. Oh, you're never winning again. We ain't stopping, baby. <laughs> you're never winning All right? again. <laughs> Five times, six times. Mike, how many champion. times how many of you guys have you gotta win for us to fill the hole in your heart? Huh? How many more do you have to win? To fill the hole in your heart. I'm a true champion. I'm never satisfied. Okay. okay. Man's happy he won one. That's enough. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>